Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This week, Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. J.K. Rowling still needs a good editor. You don't suffer from motion sickness, see? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. Suspiria is 50% art, 50% hammer horror. There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor. You are living with dangerous people. And veteran stars Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek show us how it's done. Now whenever I close the door, I think, this is the last time I'll ever have a chance to do whatever that thing was. You know what I do when the door closes? I jump out the window. (laughs) Hello, I'm Simon Morris. It's been pretty lean pickings over the last few weeks. I'm not sure if it's the usual darkness before the dawn as we lead up to the busy Christmas rush or whether it's something else. Fact is, I can't remember the last time I came out of a movie feeling exhilarated and excited. Most of my recent pleasures at the cinema have been little ones. I think I've been begging my dad to share a sheep since I was eight or nine years old, but I was never allowed. At first I thought it was a man's job. A few people have said it, and it's a pretty hard job. Why? And I was like, because I want to. Yeah, love sheep. The Kiwi documentary She Shears was sweet and small. On Chesil Beach was heartbreaking and small. Leave No Trace was a bit of both. And not only small, but weeks ago. Since then, well, shall we say it's been a pretty mixed bunch. So whose fault is that? People are so easily distracted. So I'm the distractor with a little story. People can't get enough of them. Because, well, they connect the stories to themselves, I suppose. One obvious new element is TV and film streaming services like Netflix. They offer a convenient place to put difficult projects when the cinemas don't immediately jump for joy at the prospect. The latest this week was the new Joel and Ethan Coen film, a Western spoof called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I'm Buster. Buster Scruggs. You're shooting iron work. Appears to do, yes. Well, two or three years ago, there'd be no question that any Coen Brothers film would automatically get a general cinema release. But that was then. The same goes for The Outlaw King, starring Chris Pine as Robert the Bruce. I serve Robert Bruce. Join us to free Is it true? You're the King of Scots. Go tell all your friends we're going to win our country back. Once again, straight to Netflix. So, if a Western romp and an update of Braveheart are seen as dangerously avant-garde and risky, what is being released in the cinemas, apart from the usual comic book franchises? 
Well, one answer seems to be horror films, the sort of films that in the past, ironically, would have gone directly to video. Now, genre films like Suspiria get a cinema release, while apparently mainstream product gets sent to online Coventry. One exception to that rule are some movies aimed at older audiences, often for some reason involving bank robberies. He said he was armed. He had a gun. You saw it. Well, he was also sort of a gentleman. He was very polite. He seemed like a nice enough fella. Look at that. Is he smiling? The latest is a charmer called The Old Man and the Gun, starring baby boomer favourite Robert Redford. But first, who says you can't reheat a souffle? It's the second film of the Harry Potter prequels, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm scared, Professor Dumbledore. Everyone is scared of something. Ridiculous! Mute. You're up next. The prequel phenomenon was the result of audiences desperately wanting more of an old favourite, but realising it had come to a satisfying conclusion. So, if you can't extend the action at the end, why not look at the events leading up to it? And the trouble is, I can't think of a single time where this has worked. That's an unusual one. What Mr Scamander fears above everything else is... Having to work in an office, sir. The Hobbit films, the James Franco Wizard of Oz origin story, the notorious Star Wars prequels, all profitable, but all ultimately disappointing. Reaction to the Harry Potter predecessors, the Fantastic Beasts films starring Eddie Redmayne, has been more positive, probably because Potter creator J.K. Rowling is so closely connected with them. Magic blooms only in rare souls. Unlike Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts isn't based on a book. They're original films. And also, unlike the Potter films, they're actually written by J.K. Rowling herself. Well, the good news is Rowling's fertile imagination shows no sign of flagging. You don't suffer from motion sickness, see? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. <laughs> The detail of Rowling's wizarding world is always dazzling. The spells, the creatures, the extraordinarily complex backstories, the parade of colourful characters. In fact, many of the elements in the Fantastic Beasts films were originally throwaway bits in the Potter stories. Are you a ghost? No, I'm alive. But I'm an alchemist and therefore immortal. Oh, Nicolas Flamel. Jacob Quals. Oh. Oh. You don't look a day over 375. But many of the lead characters of Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald, seem pale shadows of previous favourites. Our hero, the floppy-haired naturalist Newt Scamander, is a self-effacing grown-up Harry Potter, while his two offsiders, Jacob and Tina, are essentially Ron and Hermione, given American accents but very little to do. Are you going somewhere? No. We're going somewhere. Genius. 
The villain, the titular Grindelwald, was mostly played in the first film by Colin Farrell before transforming into Johnny Depp for no convincing reason. Well, Depp returns in the second film with his patented, slightly iffy British accent and a 30s European agenda. My dream, we who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Once again, Rowling demonstrates her need of a good editor as the dialogue rambles and the Nazi parallels are laid on with a trowel. Grindelwald has essentially started a movement to declare war on non-magic muggles. Join me. On social media, there's been some concern from the fans about how explicitly this film is going to treat a favourite rolling character. Because at last, Fantastic Beasts goes where everyone wanted them to go in the first place. Hogwarts School and the return of Professor Dumbledore. There's a rumour that Newt Scamander is headed to Paris. I know he's working under your orders. What do you have to say for yourself, Dumbledore? Unlike most of the cast, actor Jude Law has something to work with, playing the young, sexy Albus Dumbledore. Though, when I say sexy, I don't mean we see him actually do anything. Don't panic. I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. In your shoes, I'd probably refuse to. It's late. Good evening, Newt. Oh, come on. A few years ago, J.K. Rowling put the cat among the pigeons, in America at any rate, when she blurted out that Dumbledore was in fact gay and that his feelings for villainous Grindelwald were, shall we say, stronger than mere friendship. At last, this movie actually hints at that plot point on screen before weaseling out at the end. This is a project aimed largely at an American audience, after all. The time's coming when you're going to have to pick a side. No, I don't do sides. What are you going to do? I can do something. But the biggest weakness of the Fantastic Beasts films isn't political nervousness or even a lack of imagination. Like the Potter stories, there's almost too much story at times. But there's just nothing holding it together. Harry Potter was firmly rooted in the old-fashioned English school story. Each book, another year. But these ones are just one damn thing after another. You underestimate your talents, Mr. Scamander. Elegance is a key to our victory. What they needed was an old prose scriptwriter to shape J.K. Rowling's brilliant but chaotic flights of fancy into a compelling narrative. The producers and Rowling clearly thought the selling point was an endless parade of cute CGI fantastic beasts. You're too good, Newt. You never met a monster you couldn't love. But, in fact, we may come for the magic beasts, but we stay for the people. The fact that we see so little of Tina, Jacob, Queenie, even Dumbledore, is frankly the biggest crime of Grindelwald. Uh, 
that's your brother? I think that might have been the best moment of my life. When critically acclaimed Italian director Luca Garagnino of Arthouse favourites Call Me By Your Name and I Am Love fame announced he planned to remake the cult Italian horror film Suspiria, there was shock and dismay in certain circles. Not me, you understand. I've spent most of my life avoiding films like the original 1977 Suspiria. Hello? Hello, Frank? Susie, do you know anything about So, since I had no vested interest in the Dario Argento blood-soaked genre movie about witches in the dance world, I certainly wasn't upset by anyone remaking it, just so long as I didn't have to see it. Sadly, that wasn't the case. Suspiria has gone to impressive lengths to put me off. Not only is it a clammy blend of old-school hammer horror and pretentious arthouse psychodrama, but it takes place in the mysterious world of modern dance. And in it, Guadagnino favourite Tilda Swinton is encouraged to play several roles, often under gallons of rubber makeup. At the beginning, she gave me things... Perfect balance. Perfect sleep. But I was intrigued by the opening, which takes place in Germany in the 70s, at the height of the Bader-Meinhof gang's violent protests. Though young dancer Patricia has other reasons to be nervous. She wants to get inside of me. I can feel her. She can see me. Patricia is at the end of her tether and calls on an old doctor called Joseph Klemperer, played under many layers of latex by Tilda Swinton. The makeup job is rather good. The performance is less so, surprisingly. I'm not sure what Tilda is meant to bring to the role of an old Jewish man. And that's by no means the last thing to puzzle me in Suspiria. There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor. Dangerous people. Anyway, Patricia tells the doc she's having a bad time at her dance school, run by Madame Blanc and the mysterious Madame Marcos, who always seems to be out. Then Patricia leaves the movie, which is a pity, because Chloe Grace Moretz was one of the few reasons I was interested in it. She's replaced at the dance school by Susie, played by Dakota Johnson. I feel like I'm not even here yet. The dump looks incredible. One, two, three. The way she transmits her work. You have to decide what is it you want to be for this company. Susie easily passes the audition and is taken under the wing of choreographer Madame Blanc. Tilda again with no rubber makeup and all the better for it. The dancers are then put through the mill in a black swan sort of way, but we can see there's something strangely amiss at the Blanc Marcos Dance Academy. When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. 
For a start, you can check out, like Patricia and her friend Olga, but you can never leave, or at least not leave in one piece. Belatedly, Suspiria reveals its hand, intercutting between dance class in one room and Olga being tied up in knots, literally in another. The word that no-one wants to say, apparently, is witchcraft. Three mothers, three God, three devil. Mother Tenebrarum, Mother Lacrimarum, and Mother Suspiriorum. Yes, it seems the force keeping this dance school together and that's inspiring the sinister, fascist-looking bunch of teachers is the dark art of hocus-pocus. Is it true, or is it just the fevered imaginings of half-starved dancers? What's the significance of the three mothers, darkness, tears and sighs, or suspiria? Darkness, tears, (laughs) and sighs. And what will happen when elderly Dr. Klemperer confronts the intense Madame Blanc and later the elusive, scary Madame Marcos, particularly since all three of them are played by Tilda Swinton? Will it all blow up in our faces? You're making some kind of deal with them. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. The reactions to this version of Suspiria have been divided ever since it opened at the Venice Film Festival. Some hailed it as a masterpiece. It got a ten-minute standing ovation at the festival. Others were horrified at this insult to Dario Argento's original. Needless to say, I didn't like it. The unrelenting grotesqueness of the film were bad enough and the interminable length added insult to injury. But the chances are I would have hated the 1977 version too, so it's nothing personal, Luca. I'd certainly rather you remade Suspiria than a favourite movie of mine. It's all a mess. Robert Redford has been a movie star for nearly 50 years since his breakout role in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Not movie star as in well-known actor. Movie star meaning the point of pretty much every movie he's been in. And it's only right that at 82 he should take the title role in what he says is his last film. It's called The Old Man and the Gun. So, uh, what did you say you do? Well, that's the secret. And why is that? Well, because if I told you, you probably wouldn't want to see me again. Who said I was going to see you again? Would you? In another pleasing bit of synergy, the role is a real-life bank robber called Forrest Tucker, a man who'd been inspired most of his life by movie outlaws, people like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And the story takes place in the early 80s, where we meet Tucker offering to help a lady in distress. Jewel, played by another welcome face, Sissy Spacek. Hey, excuse me. Need some help? No, I'm good. Let me take a look. You know anything about cars? Uh, no, not really. Well, maybe Jules should have paid a bit more attention to all those police sirens going by. Anyway, they hit it off and go for a cup of coffee together. Jules is curious about the handsome stranger. So you walk right up, look her in the eye, and you say, Ma'am, this is a robbery. And you show her the gun like this. 
And you say, I wouldn't want you to get hurt, because I like you. I like you a lot. So don't go breaking my heart now, okay? She thinks he's joking, but we know he isn't. He's discovered the most stress-free method of bank robbery there is. You don't need to make a big fuss. Just show the teller or the bank manager your gun and let them know you're prepared to use it. It helps he's got two sidekicks, the equally venerable Danny Glover and Tom Waits. Well, I how much they got in that truck. You think we can pull it off? Yeah, I think we can probably do it. Probably. We're going to be 67 years old. I'm going to start thinking about my future. The detective put on the case of what the newspapers start calling the Over the Hill Gang is John Hunt, played by Casey Affleck. Hunt discovers that it's not just newspaper readers who warm to likeable rogues like this. Even the banks find it hard to hate them. He spent his whole life locked up, except for the times that he broke out. He broke out of San Quentin in a boat. 16 successful escapes. You know, somebody should have told him to quit while he was in. Well, you find something you love. The Old Man and the Gun is written and directed by David Lowry, who made his name with two contrasting films a year or so ago. There was the Disney fantasy Pete's Dragon, that featured Robert Redford, and the strange, delightful Ghost Story, starring Casey Affleck under a sheet most of the time. Five states. 93 robberies. In two years. You think you can catch him? Yeah, I won't lie. I'd love to slap the cuffs on myself. So I hope I get the chance. Another city, baby, another town. This film is different again, though. It shares the goofy appeal of the first and the bittersweet romance of the second. Sissy Spacek and Robert Redford are delightful together, and you find yourself hoping things work out for them. You're never exactly where you're supposed to be, are you? Now, whenever I close the door, I think, is this the last time I'll ever have a chance to do whatever that thing was? You know what I do when the door closes? I jump out the window. <laughs> but The Old Man and the Gun isn't really about romance or even about robbing banks. It's really about the American dream, which, contrary to reports, is not so much about making a fortune, but of being left alone to be who you want to be. Wherever I sat down with him once and I said, surely there's an easier way to make a living. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not talking about making a living. I'm just talking about living. The irony is that Forrest Tucker clearly wanted to be a Robert Redford character all his life. The Sundance Kid or Johnny Hooker in The Sting or any of the other likeable, innocent outlaws Redford played for over half a century. So how do the same three guys get away with all that? Well, they haven't gotten away with it. They just haven't been caught yet. Step on it. Now there is just... Like so many other entries into the old folks bank robber genre, it's all in the telling. And David Lowry has made sure that the story doesn't get too bogged down by prosaic facts. It's a likably tall tale of the reasonably modern West. And as the opening title says, this story is mostly true. I ever wonder what I'm doing or where I'm going. I just think of myself as that little kid I was. Now, would he have been proud of me? So is he proud of you? Oh, he's getting closer every day. 
In fact, a film like this is close in flavour to the old-fashioned western that the Coen brothers tried to pay tribute to in their Netflix film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But while the ultra-cool Coens could bring skill and smarts to their film, canny old Redford, who also produced The Old Man and the Gun, brought heart which is often the most compelling reason to see any movie. And on that sentimental note, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.